0: Good morning, City Church Melissa. Good I hope you all are having a blessed day. Uh, my name is Pat Knight. I'm one of the elders here at City Church, and it is an honor to be able to bring God's Word to you today. I was asked by Ryan five, six weeks ago if I would, uh, if I would preach this weekend, and my instant response to him was an emphatic, yes, I will. Um, I, I find it an honor and a privilege to bring to be able to bring God's word to you today. There's no word greater than God's word Amen. and giving it its reverence that it's due is very important. So 5 weeks ago he asked me if I would preach this weekend and uh, I knew immediately the text that I wanted to preach from. It was John 10 and specifically we're going to be looking at John 10:10. 10, 10. But what I didn't know is how my introduction would go. And so I will tell you, it's changed more than once. It's changed more than twice. It's changed, I lost count how many times it changed. I I didn't even realize it was 4th of July weekend. And I thought, okay, you know what? I need to include something patriotic in this message. And so I was like, how can I find something clever to like hook you? And then, you know, catch you? And, and, and I was like, all right, no, not doing that. Um, I was like, what about, what about maybe I'll talk about the lineage of, uh, of service in my family with my grandfather, my father, myself, and even my son now in the military. And I thought, okay, maybe, maybe I can put that together with the Declaration of Independence. And then I was like, or of y'all don't know this. I was born in Australia. And I thought, I will tell you about my citizenship and how I became a citizen of the United States. And I'll tie that together with Heavenly citizenship, earthly citizenship, and it's not what you're going to get today. I'm sorry to tell you. Um, you know what happened? The Supreme Court of the United States dropped a couple of bombshell rulings the last couple of weeks, and I scrapped it all. And I said, do I need to talk about Roe? Do I need to talk about our Second Amendment rights? Do I need to talk about the rights to pray at halftime at a football game? And so I'm thinking about all of these different things and how I can hook you and how I can catch you and how I can be clever. And then God reminds me of Paul's letter to the Corinthians where he tells them, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. So I scrapped all of my clever ideas about my introduction and here it is, plain and simple. I love my country, but Jesus is greater. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we come to you, Lord God, and praise your great and mighty and wonderful name. I thank you, Lord, for the country that we do live in. I thank you that you've given us the freedom to worship you. Remind us, God, though not to elevate our citizenship here That your body of believers is more than just those that reside in the United States of America. Your body of believers is every tribe, every nation, every tongue. And that you are for all of them. We are not exclusive because of our citizenship. Be with us, Lord. Guide us and direct us. Help us to be on guard against comfort. Our nation does offer us a lot of amenities. Help us not to be caught up in them and to lose sight of you. May we pursue heavenly things over the shiny things of this earth. Holy Spirit, come today and speak. Speak through me as I bring your word. I must decrease and you must increase. It is your word that we need to hear Give us ears to hear, dear Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I love my country, but Jesus is greater. I can say that with words real easy, but living it out in deed is more difficult. The fact of the matter is, I don't do a very good job of it. While preparing for this sermon, I really feel God has spoken to me and shown me where I elevate created things greater than they should be. And don't put the creator of all things in his rightful place. When we read John ten ten today, I hope we find that abundant life is not in created things. Abundant life is found in relationship with Jesus, the creator of all things. But before we get into the text, John chapter 10, I want to give you the backstory of what's happening in chapter nine. So in chapter nine, Jesus has given sight to a blind man and he did it on the Sabbath. And because he did it on the Sabbath, the Pharisees are calling him a sinner for healing on the Sabbath. Of all things, why would he do that? The Pharisees go looking for this blind man and they start questioning him. They start questioning his family and and harassing him. Who is this man? How did this happen? And, uh, The man just gets tired of the questions. He actually says to the Pharisees, why so many questions? Do you want to be his disciple too? And they didn't like that. (laughs) So they kicked him out of the synagogue. They kicked him out of the synagogue. Jesus finds he's been kicked out, goes and finds him, has conversation with him. Jesus says to him, I am the son of man, and he believes. And while he's having this conversation, the Pharisees overhear it, and they start questioning Jesus. And that's where we pick up in chapter 10. I told you our focus verse will be John 10, 10. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Everything in the text said before this verse and after this verse will answer four questions for us today about abundant life. Question number one, what is abundant life? Question number two, how do you get it? Question number three, what does it cost? And question number four, how valuable is it? So let's dive right into question number one. What is abundant life? If we look at John 10, verses one through six, this is what we will find. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice So what is abundant life? Abundant life is a relationship with Jesus. We see it right there when he calls himself a shepherd. I can't help but hear Jesus calling himself a shepherd and thinking about the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means he's our provider. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters. His gifts for us are good. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. He protects us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He comforts us. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. He esteems us. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We are his forever. Jesus longs to have a relationship with us. And through relationship with Jesus, that's where we find abundant life. We see in the text that he says we hear his voice speaking of the sheep. That means we communicate with one another. It's kind of hard to be in relationship if you don't communicate. We see in the text that we belong to him. He owns us and knows our name. And we know his voice. That means this relationship isn't just a casual acquaintance. He is deeply involved with knowing who we are. And in return, we should be deeply involved in knowing him. If we really want to experience abundant life, we really need to go deep into our relationship with Jesus. Question number two, how do you get abundant life? We're going to look at verses 7 through 15. And so Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door And I know the Father. I do not believe there is any relationship more well known than the Father and the Son. And Jesus, right here, is saying, as Him him being the shepherd and we being the sheep, that just as the Father knows Him and He knows the Father, that He knows us and we are to know Him. It's important to see here that there is a thief, a thief also. If relationship with Jesus is the only thing that abundant life is found in, then the thief will use anything other than that to deceive us. We need to be on guard. We need to be on watch against the thief. If abundant life is only found in Jesus, we need to be on We need to be on guard for anything that we're looking for abundant life in that isn't a relationship With Jesus, the Pharisees missed who Jesus was because they were looking for a Messiah that would come and be a political conqueror. He would set up a new nation and they would rule over all things. They would be exalted among all nations and then they would find abundant life there. They missed it. That's not it. Abundant life is in Jesus and nothing else. Are we looking for abundant life in the wrong places? Do we look for it in our country? Do we look for it in a political party? Do we look for it in economy, in a 401k, in the cash in the bank, material possessions, the houses we live in, the cars we drive, our social status? Do we look for abundant life in the way we're viewed by man? Do we look for it on social media? Is it the number of followers we have, the number of likes we have? Do we look for it in our kids? Is it the grades on their report card? Is it how they achieve in sports? If we're looking for abundant life and all those things, we're looking for it in the wrong thing. Abundant life is found in Jesus and Jesus alone. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says, do not store up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up your treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. How do we get to this depth of relationship with Jesus Christ so that we can block out all the noise of our culture that's saying, look for it here and look for it there? How do we get it? That's the application part of this sermon. I've got three things for you today that are going to show you how we get that deep relationship with Jesus Christ. As I tell you what these three applications are, I want you to know that I do not have them mastered. Barely have them figured out. So as I preach this to you, understand I'm preaching it to myself as well. The first thing we need to do is be immersed in His Word. The text says that his sheep hear his voice. We can't hear his voice if we're not immersed in his word. We can't hear his voice if we're not immersed in prayer. We can't hear his voice if we're not immersed in his people. Let's talk first about being immersed in his word. Is this 30-minute sermon this week all you're going to get in regards to his word? If it's not, that's not immersion. That's like dipping your toe in, and that's not going to do it. You got the Bible app, and every day it pops you up a verse, and you read it for a minute, you feel pretty cool because you got a 132-day streak. That's not immersion. We need to understand that this is the holy word of God, written by men, inspired by him, totally sufficient in everything we need from cover to cover without error. Bobby Jameson, in his book, written with the nine Mark, says this, that we need to be working the truths of Scripture into our souls until they alter the structure of our heart, creating new strands of faith, hope, and love. We need to give God's Word attention that it deserves in our lives. We need to repeat it. We need to meditate on it. We need to memorize it. So church, I challenge you, the 23rd Psalm, many of you might already have that memorized. Did you hear as I read it and how the shepherd desires a relationship with us? Every day, read it, multiple times, repetition, be still and be quiet and meditate on it and let God speak to you through his word and memorize it, Psalms 119. Verse 11 says, I've hidden your word within my heart that I might not sin against you. Church, we must be immersed in his word. Second thing, we need to be immersed in prayer. If your prayer life consists of, thank you for this food, and now I lay me down to sleep, it's not immersion. It's not. The second Sunday of every month, we have a prayer service at our church. It is the least attended event that our church puts on. Let that sink in. That hurts. God's people can't give up an hour on a Sunday night once a month to gather together and to pray. Here's another discipline that I'll share with you. And I will begin by telling you that I have not, I I did it this week because I was preparing a sermon. And that's spending 10 minutes of of just quietness and prayer. 10 minutes of quietness and prayer. Being still and being quiet and listening to the Spirit speak to you. Hearing His voice. So I sat in my office and I closed my eyes. I took my phone, and I put a 10-minute timer on it, and then I just waited. And I was quiet before the Lord. I was inviting of the Spirit to come and to speak. And I'm trying to think on nothing, and I find myself thinking about thinking about nothing. Nothing. First question that popped into my head. Why'd you set that timer? And I said, because I don't want to go too long. Oh. I don't want to go too long hearing from the almighty creator God. What kind of craziness is that? And I said to God, I said, why am I not ecstatic about waiting to hear from you? And why do I put a timer? And this is what he said to me. I didn't hear an audible voice, but within my soul, he said, lean in. And I leaned in. And he says, because you don't know the depths and magnitude and majesty of my glory or else you couldn't get enough of me. And I said, oh, Lord, let me know you that way. And he said, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Church, we need to be immersed in prayer to hear the voice of the good shepherd. And thirdly, we need to be immersed in his people. If a Sunday church service is all that you get in regards to gathering with the saints, it's not enough. Everything we do, we do with a purpose for men's ministry to gather so that men can build relationships with one another. Women's ministry, to gather that they build relationships with one another. Serving. There is a benefit to serving that's greater than pouring yourself out to others is meeting other people, that you may be able to form a relationship. We want a relationship where you're holding each other accountable, where you're lifting each other up, when you're there in time of need, when you're there in time of encouragement, when, when you gather. There are fight clubs where two or three or four gather together to go deep into God's Word and to hear from Him. The church is called to be in community with one another. Y'all don't have to write this down. It's easy. Pat, P-A-T, at citychurchmelissa.com. That's my email address. If you're not in a fight club and you want to get in a fight club, send me an email. We'll find a way to, get it, to make it happen. If we want to hear the shepherd's voice, we must be immersed in his word, immersed in prayer, and immersed in his people. Question three. What does it cost? I've got nine words from the text here, but they are powerful words. Verse 15, and I lay down my life for the sheep. What does it cost? A debt that we owed with a price tag that we could not afford. You know what the cost was? The cost was Jesus' blood. When the God of heaven stepped out and took on flesh and lived on earth amongst the man that he created, he lived a perfect life, he went to a cross, he died for sins he did not commit. Three days later, in his greatness and his power, he gave himself new life, victorious over sin and over death, so that we could be in relationship with him. Is it valuable? Yes, it's valuable. It's more valuable than anything that's ever existed in the eternity of time. It's Jesus' blood. Yes. And what is our response to it? Do we indulge ourselves and build ourselves up? For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for others. If we're in relationship with Jesus and we're growing deeply, you know what's happening. Our love for God is growing deeply. And you know why he fills us up with his love? So we can be poured out to others. The two greatest commandments, love God and love others. He does not fill us up to self-indulge. He blesses us that we might bless others through it. We look at verse 16, and he says, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. There will be one flock and one shepherd. For the Pharisees, it was all about them. They were the chosen people of Israel, and they were the chosen within the chosen. And they elevated themselves high, and they, 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 looked, to, they looked to build themselves up. And instead of becoming greater, 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 we need to be lower, lower, lower. They couldn't even see past their own noses because in their own minds, they were so great. Church, we need to look past our own noses. And we need to figure out how do we not self-indulge but bless others. And just last week, we had two perfect examples of witnesses. One from Stella and one from Mikey. The best mission trip that she ever went on. And what I remember resonating of what she said was the level of poverty in which these kids lived in. And you know what? I've been in that village, and I've seen the level of poverty. I've seen the houses made out of cinder blocks with no indoor plumbing. But you know what else I've seen? I've seen smiles from ear to ear from those kids because you know what? Their abundance is not in their things. Their abundance is in their love for Jesus. And Mikey, he's talking about the legalism of the gospel that is over there that a girl doesn't believe she can make it to heaven because of the clothes she wears. Or that if your good doesn't outweigh your bad, you can't make it to heaven. It's a lie. The only way to heaven is Jesus. By his grace and his grace alone, our works are like filthy rags. He is the only way. Do you know what it cost to sponsor one of them children? $36 a month, partial sponsorship. Looking at this church, I can't, I'm not trying to get into your checkbooks, but you know what? I think $36 a month shouldn't be too hard to come by. And you know what they get? They get food, and they get clothing, and they get this, the gospel of Jesus shared and poured into their lives. $36 a month. I visited the Women's Hope Center this past week. Here's another opportunity to pour ourselves out. Let's celebrate Roe. Let's celebrate life. But I, said to, I said to Aaron and Holly Snell, I said, how does this ruling change your ministry? And they shared with me that there were three, two categories of women, those who had their babies and wanted to keep them and those who had their babies and didn't. And now there's a third category of women who... Had their ba- have their babies and don't want them but have to keep them. And so you know what that means? That means there's a need. There is a need. And we shouldn't just celebrate without meeting the need. Holly reminded me that one out of four women and one out of five men have, in some way, been a participant in an abortion. And you know what abundant life is? Abundant life is no condemnation. With those types of numbers, it's very likely someone within our congregation. I want you to know that there is no condemnation in abundant life in relationship with Jesus because when he went to the cross, he went to the cross for all sins, for all time. And you can live in the comfort and the peace of his forgiveness. Know that. And when condemnation comes, cling to that truth because that condemnation is a lie from the enemy. I told you my my email, right? Pat, at citychurchmelissa.com. You want to figure out how to give? Shoot me an email. I'll be happy to share that with you. Question number four. How valuable is abundant life? Verse 17 says, for this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I received from my father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who's oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? You want to know how valuable abundant life is? If abundant life is relationship with Jesus, it all depends on who is Jesus to you. They say he's a lunatic, crazy dude here, and then, then others are like, no way, man. You can't give sight to the blind unless you're God. You know why the Pharisees got so disturbed by this? Because when he says he has the authority to lay down his life and he has the authority to take it back up, you know what he's saying? He's saying, I'm God. A relationship with Jesus, is it valuable? Well, if he's God, it's more valuable than anything that's ever existed ever. And we should pursue it. We don't have to look far into the gospel of John to see who John says Jesus is. Lad read it for us this morning. I'm pointing over here. I don't know if he's over there or not. (laughs) He read it to us this morning. It's John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has overcome it. When I read this verse, I know that Jesus is God. He's the second person of the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's co-equal with the Father and Spirit, co-eternal with the Father and the Spirit. He's omnipotent, He's omniscient, He's omnipresent, He's great, He's mighty, He's awesome. How can we say He's not valuable? We're going to sing a hymn. It's called The Hymn of Heaven. And in the first two verses, it says, There will be a day. And it's speaking of eternity. And in the third verse, it says, Let it be today. We sing the hymn of heaven and we shout a mighty roar because abundant life isn't just for eternity, abundant life is for today, also, church. So let's stand and let's sing and let's give God the glory and the praise that he, that he deserves. And let's thank him for the abundant life that we have in Jesus. Thanks for listening to the preaching of God's word at City Church, Melissa. We meet Sunday mornings at nine and ten forty-five AM at 2300 Vineyard Hill Lane. And we hope to see you there soon. City Church Melissa, for the glory of God and the good of the city.